Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duckstream, presented by Gettle. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. Exciting news, Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center, keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit Gettle.com slash Ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L, we make comfort easy to spell. Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey. Now let's get to the show. The Anaheim Ducks are coming back to Honda Center after they were on the road for the last two games this week and beginning a four-game homestand starting on Friday with the Florida Panthers in town. It will also be Hockey Fights Cancer Night, which is always an emotional evening. Now the week started on Sunday at home with a big 4-1 to win over the San Jose Sharks. Really a 60-minute effort from this Anaheim Ducks team. Great contributions all around. The team went 2-5 for five on the power play. They also had a season-high 44 shots on goal. Frank Vitrano had two goals and an assist for a three-point game. He has just been on quite a hot streak. I feel like we keep talking about him every week. We talk about him a lot on the broadcast, too. But he has earned these honors. He's playing so well on that second line. Then the team went on the road and had back-to-back games starting in Nashville on Tuesday on Broadway. Always a fun place to be. And the first time the Ducks are there this season, last time I was there was when the Ducks picked Leo Carlson in this past NHL draft. So definitely some good memories. And the team was able to break their losing streak against this Nashville Predators team dating back to some past games. A great 3-2 win, a come from behind and the Ducks now are the first team in NHL history with six comeback wins in the third period through the first 15 games of a season. As we like to call them, the comeback kids. It was quite a game down two goals and they found a way to win. Honestly, not the best game from the Ducks, but good play in that third period resulting in a win for the Ducks. And some great play in net from John Gibson, who has wins in three of his last four outings with the team. Now, Wednesday, well, that was a different story, a game that we're just going to put in the rearview mirror, forget about, uh, and just look forward to this next game on Friday. As it was an 8-2 to two loss to Colorado, we have not seen a loss like that this season. Kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the games we saw last year, so hopefully the Ducks will be able to regroup for Friday. But yeah, just some tired legs as the game went on. Just honestly, it just wasn't their night. You could tell, like I said, they were tired and the effort all around wasn't necessarily there. A season low, 20 shots on goal in this game. Only three shots on goal in that first period. And when you're not shooting the puck, you're not going to win a hockey game. So that I'm sure is something that they'll be cleaning up and getting more pucks and getting more net front presence on the game on Friday. So now the Ducks have a nine and seven record through 16 games played this season, 18 points in the Pacific division, which is good for fourth place. So now let's transition to today's guest, a four major sport broadcaster returning guest to light the lamp from last season. Kenny Elbert joined us this week to talk about his 
30th season with Fox Sports, his new book, and all of the teams around the NHL and some that he has his eye on who have impressed him through this first part of the season. Take a listen. Let's welcome in to Light the Lamp today, a returning guest from last season, Kenny Albert, broadcaster of all four major sports, including the NHL on TNT. Kenny, thank you so much for fitting us in your busy schedule. How are you doing today? I'm great, Alexis. Great to be with you. How has this fall been treating you? Uh, so far, so good. Pretty busy as usual with with hockey and football and a couple of basketball games as well. But uh, hockey season off to an exciting start as we speak. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina for a TNT game tonight between the Hurricanes and the Flyers, uh, handling Rangers radio duties as well. So uh, football on Sundays, but all good. This is your 30th year I saw with Fox Sports too, isn't it? It is. Hard to believe. 1994 <laughs> was the first season calling NFL games on Fox. And uh, the first game I ever worked was actually in Southern California, mm. uh, down in Anaheim between the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals back on September 4th, 9-4-94, uh, when the Rams played at what's now Angel Stadium. So Again, hard to believe it's been 30 years. I'll be in Washington this weekend for the Commanders and the Giants, uh, but a lot of great memories from that first game in Anaheim. Do you have? Do you like to keep anything from your broadcast? Any like anything to commemorate and just remember games? What I actually do keep are my broadcast charts that I prepare. Oh, okay. um, all of us have different systems that we use, and I'm in a hotel room now. But when I'm at home. I have a file cabinet uh, to the left of my desk in the home office, and I have about 95 percent. I'm missing some, but I have about 95 percent of the charts that I prepare and use for the broadcast, no matter what the sport. And I'll refer back um, the wow. next time I have a particular team. I'll look back because you don't use more than 10 or 15 percent of your notes in a given game. You have to be prepared and ready for any situation. But um, I have them filed by season by the different sports. So um, I, I keep a lot of the programs and media guides and, mm -hmm. and the media credentials, although they're not really organized. I have them in different boxes and, and different places in my house. But uh, my actual game charts that I prepare, uh, that's the one constant as far as what I hold on to. So you have something from that first game then that you did here in Anaheim? I do. I do. I have that chart. Wow. I've actually tweeted it out on the anniversary in recent oh. years, and I have the actual uh, the the roster card, the flip card, as they call it in football, that they hand out in the press box, mm -hmm. which has the rosters and the depth charts on both sides of it. So I st still have that from game one as well. That's so awesome. Just really cool. I'm sure to look back at some of that stuff, too. And you're getting close to your 500th NFL game, too, that you've called, right? Right. There, there, are, there are some folks who keep track of that stuff and it's out on various websites. And it's hard to believe that it's that many games. I think I'm in the 480s now, so I'll probably hit 500 next year. Mm -hmm. um, but really prepare for each game, uh, you know, the same as I do for the previous game and the next game. Um, this week, for example, um, I have a hockey game here in Raleigh tonight, a basketball game in Washington on Friday and then a football game on Sunday and a hockey game on Monday in Dallas. So, wow. uh, you know, the travel this time of year is is pretty hectic, but never feel like I'm going to work. There's a lot of work and travel that goes into it, but it, it's fun to prepare mm -hmm. for these games and to spend hours watching 
other games and reading up on the teams and and the players and the various leagues that I'm involved with. So it really never gets old. What's been the most exciting NFL game that you've been a part of this fall? Actually, the one we had uh, this past Sunday in Baltimore, the Browns and the Ravens. Mm. It was a game leading into it. The teams were seven and two and five and three. And they had the number one and two defenses in the league statistically. And wouldn't you know it, they combined to score 64 points. It was a 33-31 final score. I just heard today that Cleveland's starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has been ruled out Mm -hmm. for the season. Was banged up in the game on Sunday. But you don't always get a game involving two teams with winning records. You know, it depends on the matchups and what network has which game. So uh, we were excited heading into that one. And it, it certainly lived up to its billing, maybe not as we expected it to play out. Uh, Baltimore had a 14 nothing lead, a 31-17 lead in the fourth quarter, and wound up losing the game. Crazy how that happens, but that's the beauty of sports sometimes. Uh, so you also added author to your list of you, your long list of being a broadcaster. Now you're also an author for your new book, A Mike for All Seasons. When did the idea to write a book start for you? Well, I always seem to have a lot of stories from <laughs> from the, the three decades of, of working games in the various leagues. And every summer for the last 15 or 20 years, I've been invited to speak at various sportscasting camps uh, throughout the New York, New Jersey area. And the students always ask great questions. And I wind up giving similar answers and telling the same stories. You know, they all ask about memorable games and mm-hmm. who your favorite color analysts are. And uh, they, they ask about the travel stories and working Olympics, et cetera. Um, so during the pandemic, early in the pandemic, when we all had a lot of time and I was home for 146 straight days from mid-March 2020 until I left for the NHL bubble in Edmonton in August. And my family had always been pushing me. My, my wife and daughters uh, always thought that maybe I should write a book someday. And I had been contacted by a book agent in New York. And he said, if you're ever uh, thinking about it, let me know. We can try and hook you up with a publisher. And that's exactly what uh, took place. I wrote some sample chapters, put together an outline, and probably wrote about 25% of it during the pandemic. And then once we had the publisher in place, Triumph Books out of Chicago, uh, move full speed ahead. And during that next year, the 2021 season into 22, spent a lot of time on the road in hotels, on airplanes, doing the writing and mm. wrote it myself. Um, thought about using a ghostwriter, but I had done a lot of writing back in the high school and college days mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. And I figured it's my story is my voice. So why not try and do it myself and finished it up, uh, submitted it September of 22. And then for about six months, the editing process uh, with Triumph, um, I made changes and edits and added some things and took out some other things and uh, had the first copies in my hand in late August this year. And just, you know, so excited when when the boxes were delivered to my house Mm -hmm. for the first time. Um, Honored and thrilled to have Wayne Gretzky and Walt Clyde Frazier. Uh, They wrote the forwards to the book uh, to... Uh, such classy gentlemen, mm-hmm. Wayne, the best ever in his sport, Clyde, one of the greatest ever in his sport. And I've worked with both of them uh, on the broadcast side, Wayne, for a couple of games. And he's in the TNT studio, mm-hmm. uh, part of the pre and post game show. And I've worked about 15 games a year with Clyde Frazier for the last decade plus. So it's kind of surreal to see their names on the cover. But it was such an exciting project. And it's a compilation of stories 
from my early life uh, growing up in a sportscasting family and then first jobs in high school and college and calling minor league hockey in the American Hockey League with the Baltimore Skipjacks and onto the Washington Capitals for three years and then the Rangers since 95 and the NHL on NBC and now TNT, NFL and, and baseball on Fox. So um, there are stories about each sport. Um, I, I write about which are the most difficult, uh, the differences between radio and television, uh, some travel tales, uh, anecdotes about the analysts I've worked with, the Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, how we did things during COVID, during that time, mm-hmm. calling games off monitors. There's a chapter, uh, Paying It Forward, with advice to young sportscasters. So it's really a compilation of all of that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The book has its own Instagram site, A Mic for All Seasons, which my daughter runs. And <laughs> we post pictures and videos from the from the book's travels to various uh, cities and arenas and stadiums. So uh, for the viewers and listeners, check out A Mic for All Seasons on Instagram. I'm really excited to get my hands on it and read it. I I was going to get it today, but I looked and it wasn't available at any like local store. It was up in L.A. So I was like, okay, I don't have enough time to get it for today, but definitely on my list of things that I'd love to read. Uh, where does it rank for you? I mean, just in your career, just being able to write a book. You know, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, for 33 years now, I've pretty much done one thing professionally, and that's play by play. And now to to see my name on the cover and, and to have author on the resume, I guess, isn't <laughs> anything that I really ever expected or thought about. But it's exciting to hear from friends and family and even uh, people that I don't know well, either on social media or when I run into them, uh, their thoughts on the book. Everybody sort of takes a different thing out of it. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a sports fan to read the book. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot in there about family and hard work and dedication and, and growing up, getting into the business uh, with a lot of sports stories sprinkled in. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it and uh, uh, just excited to spread the word. I was at a bookstore here in Raleigh uh, last night at an event. Mm-hmm. We've done a couple of things in the New York area. We have an event coming up at the NHL store on December 12th, mm. a Q&A and, and book signing. So if anybody's in the area uh, in Manhattan, it's prior to a Rangers Maple Leafs game. Hope to see you there. Did you come up with the title for it? Uh, that was a group effort. Yeah. Me, myself, my wife, my kids, and then the publisher. Um, I don't think I came up with it personally. I think we we had a number of ideas and suggestions, but uh, that was one I think that the publisher and the editors came up with and uh, we agreed. So off we went. Now, just a reminder, too, that we have exciting news. Gettle is now the official HVAC partner of the Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center, keeping things cool on the ice and warm at home. Gettle, your trusted HVAC and plumbing partner. Visit Gettle.com slash ducks for exclusive promotions. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. Very fitting for your role too, working with all the sports. But uh, speaking of hockey and working with the Rangers, they're a team that has had a really strong start to their season, 11-2-1, Artemi Panarin having a really great season so far. What's been your impression of this New York Rangers team? Well, it's pretty impressive, especially dealing with some of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Fox has been out for the last – a uh, week and a half or so, Norris Trophy winning defenseman a couple of years ago. Uh, one game they were without both goaltenders, Igor Shosturkin and Jonathan Quick. So 
Louis Domingue started and picked up the win in that one. Uh, Philip Heedle's been out, one of their terrific young players, second line center for about five or six games. So it's something they didn't really have to deal with last year. Uh, but this year, the injury bug has struck early. But uh, right from the start, new coach, Peter Laviolette, his staff um, with Phil Housley, Michael Pekka, and Dan Muse, they've done a terrific job. Panarin, as you mentioned, is off to a great start. He has a point in 14 consecutive games to start the season. Uh, the defense has played well, you know, even without Fox. Eric Gustafson has stepped up. Um, offensively, Alexei Lafreniere, uh, still a young player, mm -hmm. even though it's four years in the league now. Uh, seven goals over the first 14 games. They've been terrific on the power play. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. Like you said, uh, only two regulation losses to this point, 11-2-1 over the first 14. They were a team that reached the conference final two years ago mm -hmm. when it looked like they would be eliminated in the first round. They were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. Then last year, uh, disappointing ending, losing in seven to New Jersey in the first round. They won the first two games, 5-1, 5-1, and then wound up losing four of the next five. But with their core, with Shesterkin, and then the group of defensemen and uh, the terrific mix of, of veteran forwards, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, <coughs> excuse me, uh, with the youngsters, um, and they also have, you know, some gritty veterans and Barkley Goodrow and Vincent Trocek and Blake Wheeler and uh, the young players. I mentioned Hedl, Capo Caco, Lafreniere, uh, Will Cooley, a rookie who's played very well. So Nick Benino, who, who your, uh, you know, your fans know well, uh, he's come in. He's done a terrific job as a fourth line center. He's on the penalty kill. He's blocking shots. So it's a really good mix. And I feel they have as good a chance as anybody in the East. You know, come playoff time, it all comes down to matchups and goaltending and injuries and who's hot. But, uh, you know, the way they're playing now early in the season uh, can certainly be one of the contenders to come out of the East. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's someone that you're keeping your eye on in the East if or if there was another team that you think could, you know, make a resurgence, uh, you know, early in the season. Well, there, there are so many good teams in both conferences. And in the East, you know, I look at Carolina, who I'll see tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but they've won six of the last eight. New Jersey, uh, tremendous run last year, getting to the second round of the playoffs. Unfortunately, they're missing. Uh, Jack Hughes now out with an injury, but they're a dynamic team. Um, and of course, you have to look at Boston and Toronto and Tampa Bay and then some of the up and coming teams, you know, that mixture of Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, teams that have been on the rise over the last few years. You have Pittsburgh, who uh, brought in Eric Carlson to their mix with with the future Hall of Famers, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are going to be some good teams that don't make the playoffs, both in the East and in the West, uh, as we've seen over the last few years. Now, in the West, speaking of the teams out here, the Anaheim Ducks having an impressive start to the season. What's been your take on how they've been able to start things? Yeah, very impressive. I haven't seen the Ducks in person yet, but... Mm -hmm. At our dinner last night, had dinner with Eddie Olchek and Brian Boucher, uh, my partners on TNT, and our former uh, colleague, Keith Jones, who's now running the Flyers. And the Ducks came up in conversation, and we all agreed that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be really good real quick, it seems, you know, based on the start they've gotten off to this year uh, with a mixture of young players and veterans, Frank mm -hmm. Petrano, who I got to watch in New York a couple of years ago, Ryan Strom, who was with the Rangers uh, for four years. So I'm really familiar with those players, but you look at what some of the rookies and youngsters have done with the ducks, Mason McTavish now in his second year and 
you know, obviously Trevor Zegras and some terrific young defensemen. So uh, it's been fun to watch from afar. You know, great to see Greg Cronin get a shot as a head coach in the NHL for the first time. Um, you know, I remember when he was with the Islanders as an assistant coach for for several years and was always very highly regarded. So I uh, don't have the Ducks on my schedule coming up, but look forward to seeing them in person at some point soon. That's a bummer. We won't get to hear you on the call for a Ducks game, but uh, maybe maybe later in Hopefully the year. We'll, we'll <laughs> really have our TNT schedule through the end of December. Okay, so okay. So maybe second half. We'll get to see some Ducks <laughs> games uh, coming up after that. What about the rest of the West? What other team or teams are have you you know been been keeping your eye on too? Well, you know, Vegas, I think you have to start with the Golden Knights, the defending champs. Uh, we were out there last week for a game against the Kings, which uh, L.A. Uh, won that game. And, and they're they're very impressive as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the depth uh, that the Kings have up and down their four lines. And then, uh, you know, the, the defensemen as a group, the goaltenders playing very well. Cam Talbot off to a terrific start in L.A. So um, I think they could certainly challenge come playoff time. You know, Edmonton will be interesting off yeah. to off to, you know, such a, a you know a, a pretty bad start. But now they make the coaching change; things seem to have settled down and um, had their series against Colorado two years ago in the Western Conference Final, and it seemed like they were just on the cusp. And you figure one of these years they will break through and 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 get to the final. And uh, bringing in Chris Knobloch, who is such a highly regarded junior coach and American Hockey League coach with with the Hartford Wolfpack, so. It's still early. It's only 14 or 15 games into the season. So there should be enough time for a team like Edmonton to turn things around. On the rookie end, it's been a little interesting to watch who has been able to emerge. Obviously, a lot of eyes on Connor Bedard coming into this season. But what's been your thoughts on just the rookies and some of these younger guys that have come into the league this year? Well, it seems like every year now over the last four or five years, Alexis, um, you know, it used to be a sport when I talked to some of my colleagues, you used to come to training camp to get into shape, but now they're working year round, uh, staying in shape, working with skills coaches. And I think, you know, the skating, the shooting, the passing from these young players, it, it's at a high level as we've ever seen. And so exciting to watch, you know, whether it was a McDavid coming in 10 years ago or a Jack Hughes four years ago, mm-hmm. and now Connor Bedard our crew had the opportunity to call his second game in Boston Mm. and he scored his first goal in that game. But you noticed him on every single shift, uh, even if he didn't have the puck. So it's a real exciting group of rookies. And uh, again, it's early in the season, but look forward to watching how they develop. Bedard scored another highlight film goal the other night. So uh, just so much fun to watch these guys. Now, your colleague at TNT, Henrik Lundqvist, was just inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame on Monday. Did you get a chance to give any words of congratulations to him? Uh, I did over the summer when he was mm. uh, when it was announced that he would be inducted. Uh, most of us from from TNT, from the pregame group and the game group, uh, recorded some videos. So we, mm. we did that a couple of months ago, and you know I got to know Henrik uh, during his playing career with the Rangers for 15 years probably called 75% of the games that he, that he played in. And when I think back during many of those years, the Rangers just snuck into the playoffs by one point, two point, three points. And uh, Henrik Lundqvist was the main reason why um, he was uh, such a great goaltender. Um, Rangers made the playoffs 11 of his first 12 years. And the one year they missed in 2010, 
They lost a game 82 shootout to the Flyers. And ironically, my colleague, Brian Boucher, was in goal for Philadelphia that day. <laughs> and the winning, the winning team would make it to the playoffs. The losing team went home, and the Flyers wound up making it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. But uh, Henrik, certainly a Hall of Fame goaltender, well-deserved, and uh, so proud to call him a colleague at TNT. Well, Kenny, it's been so fun having you on Light the Lamp today. Good luck with your call tonight in Carolina. And like I said, hopefully we'll see you down the road on the second half of this NHL season. Well, thanks so much, Alexis. Really enjoyed it. Hope to uh, join you again soon. Uh, hope to get out there for a Ducks game. And uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. And uh, always great chatting with you. Thank you. Always great to catch up with Kenny Albert as he is quite a busy man. So awesome that he was able to fit us in his schedule and definitely going to be reading his book once I get my hands on it. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. As always, I am Alexis Downey. Come back again next time for more hockey talk on Duck Stream presented by Gettle. And get your home cozy with Gettle Rejuvenation for just $129. We'll prep your HVAC for the season so you're ready to cheer on our ducks. Call 866-671-9822 or visit gettle.com slash ducks. G-O-E-T-T-L. We make comfort easy to spell. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.